0: All right, uh, welcome back to the program. We are talking today on Gesundheit with Jacobus. And by the way, I'm your host, Jacobus Holloway. And uh, you can find out more about uh, Barry and the books that he has written. Four of them uh, before this one have been about his dog, Moritz. And then uh, he has written several other books. Now, you can find more information about him going to his website, silentmoonbooks.com. Silent moonbooks.com now if you want to get a hold of Barry Schieber by all means he is available in Big Fork, Montana and the telephone number is 406-837-0718 406-837-0718 and you can also uh, email him at sheber s-c-h-i-e b-e-r sheber at yahoo.com. The books that he's written are uh, called Nose to Nose, a memoir of healing where uh, Moritz really was getting involved in the healing aspect, uh, things that Barry observed he did, and then he was trained as a dog specifically for these purposes. Uh, And and also, you have to wait about a year, year and a half before you can start training him. So... uh, Moritz, who is a Bernese mountain dog, is a, it says over here, is a therapy dog, a yoga assistant, a book promoter, a world traveler, and one one man's best friend. In other books he's written, A Gift to Share, The Story of Moritz, An Open Heart, A a Story About Moritz, 2006, A Peaceful Mind, travels with moritz which came out in 2007 and then the last one which we'll have available at the gesundheit nutrition center uh, sometime this week it's called moments of wonder Life with moritz uh, just came out just we're talking about now october so uh, barry thank you so much for being here it's uh, you have some great stories to tell
1: there's lots of stories with Mirth.
0: Yeah. Now, as I mentioned at the end of the last half hour, you have some very uh, close ties with uh, certain people over here in Bozeman. Would you please explain that
1: to us? would be happy to. Um, I was fortunate enough to have Hedvig wrap flowers to illustrate a children's book, An Open Heart, for me. I found Hedvig uh, after seeing her book here in a bookstore called A Spotted Bear. I loved her work, and I particularly liked her appreciation of nature. And I called her and for the first book, and she said she was busy. And I called her for the second book, uh, An Open Heart, and she said, I think I could do it. Could you send me the text? And I said, well, it's about kindness. And she said, send it to me. And she read the text and said, I'd love to do this. So she began uh, illustrating An Open Heart. Uh, I think I went down and met her in February. And, it, and I'm sure I did. Moritz and I went down to Bozeman, and Hedvik and I met and talked about the book and gave her a good look at Moritz. And she said, I can do this. And I said, well, Hedvig, I'd, I'd like it done by August so we can have it out before Christmas. Can you make that deadline? She said, I love deadlines. I'd be happy to do it. So I said, great. And we began, she began in February. She said, Barry, I have to tell you, I'm going on vacation <laughs> for a couple of weeks to the Caribbean, and then I'll start. And I said, perfect, no problem. She then called me when she got back and said that her cancer that had been in remission had come back, and she would probably have to take care of that. And I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, would You still want to do the book? And she said, painting is my great love in life. There's nothing I'd rather do than this, and of course I'd like to do the book. And I said, well are you sure? You know, I don't want to put any pressure on you. And she said, no, I'm absolutely positive. Um, and I'll have it to you by August. I said, okay, let's do it. So from about March and April, she would send these beautiful illustrations up. And then I came around to May and I called her and said, Hedvig, uh, maybe we should come down again and talk to make sure everything's going okay. Cause I, I can imagine you have a lot of other things on your mind than doing yes. the illustrations." Uh-huh. And she said, "Barry, I told you I, this is—it's a great joy for me just to go and paint." And I said, "Well, I want to come down and talk to you because you really don't have a very good depiction of Maritz and I want you to take another look at him and see if you can get it a little bit better." So we drove down to Bozeman. We sat down and had tea together. And uh, by then we were quite friendly. And Hedvig was a very direct person and a teacher to her core. So it was just. I mean, the meetings were just wonderful for the two of us, and she had a dog, two of us, like, so we sat down for, oh, I'd say an hour, and I said, now, Hedvig, let's go over one more time because it's getting late. Do you think you can make the deadline in August? And and she said, of course I can make it. No problem. And I said, okay, are you sure now? Because we can stop. And she said, no, I want to do this. I said, fine. So I said, well, what about getting Marith? And she said, oh, don't worry, I can draw Marith. I said, okay. And now you have to really... Not only get it, you have to get the inside of them. And she said, "I know what you want." She said, "No problem." And as we're walking out the door, she puts her arm around me and says, I, "I think I should tell you, I've never drawn a dog before." And I started laughing, and she started laughing. I said, "It's okay. Just send me what you have." And her next illustration ended up being the cover of the book.
0: Huh. And that's a very nice uh, couple, by the way. But oh, it's, it's laying down between the trees.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really caught it. And all her illustrations are good, but. That was one of our many experiences.
0: Mm. The, uh, sadly enough, uh, she passed away, and, but she left a um, uh, phenomenal legacy in Bozeman because of the way that she also connected with, uh, with children. Uh, she, uh, she was a teacher, is that right?
1: Yes, she taught at Hawthorne School in Bozeman, and she also taught over in Missoula. And her whole family, they used to have a schoolhouse over here at Christmas time, they'd open up about a month before Christmas and sell all these toys that they were handmade by the children her Her mother is Dutch, and her father was Swedish.
0: yeah,
1: so they had this big uh, schoolhouse, and it was just everyone went to get their toys there. Yeah. So Hedvig knew lots of people in Missoula and lots of people in Bozeman, and she was an extraordinary person and and the more you talk to people about her and the effect she had on people it was just, the whole thing was really wondrous, and we had a book signing in December. The books arrived a day before, and we had a book signing, and it was just mobbed in Missoula, just absolutely mobbed, with all these people that Hedvick had grown up with, who now mm-hmm. had children of their own, and who, who had gone to school here in Missoula or in Bozeman. Yeah.
0: There is a, there is a story in the book uh, uh, that is playing in October, and it was last year, and you're talking about uh, that you, as a yoga instructor, get up really early. I think it is another Sunday. I don't know for sure. Every Sunday, yeah, you say right. you take you take uh, Moritz over to this yoga center where you teach, and um, it, it is it is a very beautiful story because uh, just in a nutshell, uh, as the people, if you, as you arrive at, at the at the center where you do the yoga uh people are standing already waiting for you and they greet moritz and they they say hi to you as well but uh <laughs> they are all talk to moritz and moritz is a is a regular over there because he lays next to you on the yoga mat and uh, kind of takes a nap that's how it, that's how the, the story goes but uh, there are a couple new people there uh i think bill and ann uh i think are the names and they um Oh, Bev, Bev and L. Sorry, see, I know the B and the A that was in there. That was their names are Bev and L. They are here on vacation. As Beth talks, her eyes are on me, which is Moritz. Barry notices this and says, Moritz is a therapy dog. He's a regular member of our class. Beth smiles, but she looks sad. Now, class begins and there is this uh there is this young gal who tells you that she has a lot of pain in her arm, and um all of a sudden uh, she starts crying from the pain and from uh, s- sadness that is within her. And Moritz wakes up and sees her and walks over to her. And, and, and tell us what happens next, please.
1: Well, Moritz just, she started crying and saying her arm felt like a broken chicken wing and Moritz sort of woke up and very slowly walked over to her and did what's the yoga position for a downward dog, which is rather unusual, looked her in the eyes. And she looked at Maritz, and they just sort of connected in their eyes, and they held this pose together for, oh, I don't know, a minute, maybe a minute and a half, as the tears rolled down her face. And then she pu- she reached out and pulled Maritz to her and hugged him, and then let him go. And Maritz walked over to Bev and Al, who were right next door to, to her, and sort of wagged his tail, and they each hugged him, and then he went back and laid down next to me, and I I asked this girl, whose name was Andrea, what are you feeling? And she said, this morning I felt tense, tight, walled in, as if I was encased in a shell. My breathing was shallow and uneven, and I felt heavy. And my arm has been a problem, but today it just wouldn't work. And I felt frustrated, weak, and disconnected. But as I lifted my head to look at Ritz, suddenly I saw him as a kind and wise companion, and suddenly my body released all the tension, and I felt re- refreshed in every cell and grateful. The room was silent. And then Ritz went over to Bev, and I asked Bev, do you have something you want to add? And Bev didn't hesitate. She said, I'm so touched to see Maritz react to her pain. Just to see him stare lovingly in her eyes brought tears to mine. Then to stop and say hello to Al and me before he went back to you, he must have sensed how much we were missing our dog who passed away a month ago.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know when I when I see that it, it shows you again the the way that uh, Moritz recognizes something not just about the new people but there is something about the way he looks out of his eyes at people that there is a connection.
1: It you know you don't know sometimes it's just a nudge of his nose on somebody. Sometimes he just looks them in the eyes. Sometimes he just sniffs. You don't know. It's unpredictable because it's so natural for that very instant. It's, it's, It's not a routine. It's just what happens right then, and he responds to what's happening right then. Yeah.
0: About, uh, folks, if you want to get involved in today's uh, topic with uh, Barry Schieber about his dog Moritz, give us a call here in the studio at 522-TALK, 522-8255. If you want to know a lot more about Moritz, the dog, and about Barry Schieber, uh, who is the boss, uh, his uh, telephone number is 406 837 oh seven one eight four oh six eight three seven oh seven one eight and you can find more information also on the website silent SilentMoonBooks.com. dot com silent dot com um barry the um the effect that uh, Moritz has on anybody is obvious out of this book moments of wonder mm-hmm. um his effect on children children love dogs <laughs> but there is also this great story about Moritz's work with special olympians and there was one in uh, there was a special olympics going on in Whitefish yes so it was very close and and what happened over there can you tell us uh, give us some information about that
1: yes the, it, you know they have the special olympics every february or march at big mountain here in whitefish and we were invited they Someone invited and said, would you allow, would you bring Maritz, and the winners of the Olympics can have their picture taken with them as an additional prize beside the gold medals or the silver medals they win. So we said, sure. So we went over to Big Mountain, and uh, at first, kids were a little nervous about getting close to Maritz after winning, but once they saw he was okay, we had all kinds of gold medals draped around Maritz and uh, <laughs> keep kids hugging him, but... Mirth seems to have a special, um, he's especially keen to children with special needs, whether it be in schools or the Olympic or anywhere. He he has a real nose for, for seeing, for understanding or connecting with things that I can't see, things like epilepsy or things yeah, like yeah, Down, yeah. Sin- Down syndrome. Obviously, I could see, but he goes right to it. And uh, again, I don't know all the different alphabetical labels for all these different syndromes now, but the more schools we go to, the more we see children with special needs and their and their teachers with them. Yeah. Ritz always goes to them, and most of the time, whether they're wearing crash helmets or they're jumping all over the place, they want to come meet Maritz. So yeah. it's been overflowingly joyous to watch this happen. Hmm. And Ritz, by the way, doesn't do anything. I, I don't mean that he doesn't do anything. I mean, it's not like he calls attention to himself or he does any tricks. He's just natural. Yeah,
0: yeah. There is, a, uh, there is a story about a lady, uh, I think a teacher, who had <clears throat> was, was going to have surgery on her foot or had surgery, had done on her foot. I think there's going to be the third surgery she was going to have. And somehow Moritz tuned into this uh, without her even mentioning anything. And he actually goes up to her and starts licking the foot where she has had the surgery on.
1: Yeah, that's correct. We were, we went to a school library, and the teacher was sitting in the back, as they usually do, and Rich went around the kids, right to her, sniffed her knee, she got a little nervous, and then went right to her foot and started licking her, this foot for maybe a minute. And she just broke out crying and came up afterwards and said, indeed, her foot had been operated on two or three times before this, and in three weeks she was going back to Seattle for a special operation to see if they could see her foot. And she wanted to thank me with these tears, were so joyous that Ritz had recognized this and sort of just took away a lot of the tension. We mm-hmm. then went back after the later in the summer to her house and to see how she was doing. And Ritz walked in, and she was in a wheelchair and called Ritz over. Ritz came over and put his head on her lap and then left her almost immediately to go to the kitchen. And I laughed and said, "Sandy, I don't think you have anything to worry about your foot." Ritz didn't seem to care one bit. She said, "You know, I don't either. I feel much better." And a few days later, she had gone back to Seattle. The doctor said she was healing fine. She said, wow. "Please tell Moritz, thank you."
0: Wow, that's uh, that's very interesting. But uh, also another story. You actually see that Moritz, when somebody has a sensitivity or needs healing, uh, that doesn't always mean that Moritz goes over and and licks the person.
1: No, rarely does he do that. Very rarely. That was I, I, it's one of, of very few instances. Rix isn't that he isn't that type of an affectionate dog. That was just, one, just what he did at that time. That was just what was appropriate at that time. But yeah. he, the, sometimes he'll just we well, don't really know what he's going to do. You have, just have to be. Sometimes he acts so fast it takes me two or three weeks to figure out what happened.
0: Huh. Now there was a man in the hospital who had a uh, nerve damage. Yes. To his hands or to oh, a, it was one in his, his
1: leg. It was in his legs. It was Guillain-Barré disease. They call it, and it's a disease where the if you can think of your nerves as an insulation and the insulation around the wire phrase so that anything that even touches that part of your body yes. you have no protection against the pain and it's excruciating mm-hmm. and rich came in the room looked at this man and sat down and of course when you go in the room you don't know what the problem is or what the patient's suffering from rich just sat down and my friend who was the escort, the nurse, came with us, looked at Moritz and said, well, gee, Maritz, I thought you were a therapy dog. I thought you'd go up and greet people. I thought you say hello to people. So I got the hint, and I looked at Moritz, who by then was lying on the, on the floor with his nose on his paws, and I said, Maritz, come on now. Go on up and say hello. The name yeah. was Joe, I believe. Go on say hello. He didn't move. I mean, he didn't move an eyelash. Hmm. So I just said, okay. I said, he's not going to do this. And then the man started talking about his pain. And we'll, and my friend knew exactly what the disease was and, and said, well, we'll get someone here to help you with but you're managing your pain very well. Mm. And as we walked out, she said to me, you know, if you even get near where he hurts, it's excruciating. You just can't touch him at all. Huh. Did you notice Maritz didn't even get close to him? I said, oh, yes, he didn't get close to him. Just another one of those things. I don't know how he knew that.
0: Yeah, that, is, that amazes me. Now, you said that uh, you have been over at the uh, Humane Society over here, the Heart of the Valley Humane Society.
1: Willstack, yes.
0: Yeah, you've been over several times, actually, um, to Bozeman. Um, what, it, it, there is also a, uh, you mentioned last night, and now maybe you can tell us more about it, there seems to be quite an organization in Bozeman or in Montana uh, for Bernese Mountain Dogs.
1: Well, Wolfpack itself is, I mean, I think Bozeman is unbelievably fortunate. It's not only well run, I and mean, the place is gorgeous. I, it, I, to me, it's the state-of-the-art facility there, Yeah. the heart of the valley. I mean, uh-huh. it, it was a pleasure to go there. As far as the Bernese Mountain Dog Club, yes, in Bozeman there's a sizable Bernese Mountain Dog Club, and they're active and intelligent and helpful, and they know far more about Bernese Mountain Dogs than I do. I just know a little bit about Moritz, and they've been very helpful. All the Bernese dog clubs, and I guess every dog club for their particular species, are very helpful for people. Hmm. And they also have some good breeders involved.
0: I want to ask you, I know that there are people who do a lot of healing work, and they give so much of themselves that at the end of the day, they are just the energy has drained out of them. And they need to really recharge, and they're just wiped out. Now, is, do you see when Moritz is getting busy with people in general, and you say sometimes it's so quick you don't realize it, but do you see that certain days when Moritz is with people that he is more exhausted at the end of the day doing his work, or do you not see that?
1: Well, we only went once a, once a week for one hour to the hospital, <clears throat> and I don't know if it's, the Moritz gets tired or sometimes hospitals are kept so warm and he's such a furry guy that he gets fatigued a little bit from that. I see. So he'll lie down on the on the, the, the linoleum or the carpet, whichever it is. But the, the difference is if a person's really sick, he'll, he'll immediately interact. If the person's sort of well and talking with relatives and watching TV, he'll basically just go in, sort of look under the wheelchair or under the bed and see if they dropped any food and just lie down.
0: <laughs>
1: he won't interact at all. So he'll get tired from... Heat more than I think actually meeting with people I think he's I don't he has enough energy I've never seen him tired from the actual interactions but again you have to realize the interactions can be 30 seconds they can be one minute and I don't think he treats that as any different than anything else going on I don't think it's anything special to him
0: one of the pages in your book uh, there is a there is a letter by Corey Davis and it says it finishes it's a very very nice story uh, she talks about Mara. Mara was born with generalized neuro her, oh,
1: her daughter that's her daughter she she yes, yeah.
0: with generalized neuromuscular weakness and a hearing impairment. So she born with generalized neuromuscular weakness and a hearing impairment. In addition to that, she was taken from her birth family and placed in foster care at one month. The story goes on, and then it ends up. it says as as for figuring out what Moritz has, that elusive Moritz factor. I wouldn't worry much about it too much. I wouldn't worry about it too much. The most magical moments in life are better left unexplained. The ma- most magical moments in life are better left unexplained. Thanks so much for being here and all the best to you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: All right, folks, we're going to be right back. Stay tuned, please.